It's so good to be with you this morning, and we appreciate the emphasis on prayer and entering the Lord's presence together. Um, I don't know if you've experienced this in your life, how the Lord weaves opportunities together, but that's what it is for Kay and me uh, this week, uh, because like, like Keith mentioned, we go back uh, with him and Sandy back to days at Oklahoma Baptist University, and that's been, I like the way you said that, it's been a year or two ago uh, since we were starting college together. Uh, and so the Lord brings opportunities to reconnect. Uh, my wife Kay, Kay, would you wave or smile, stand up? Okay, here we go. Uh, so Kay, my wife Kay is here. She's sitting next to uh, uh, William Thompson, her Uncle Bill. And so we're very, very glad that he came over from the other side of Tulsa, but lives here uh, in Tulsa. And so uh, reconnecting with people is what Kay and I are enjoying right now. Uh, and I trust that you can look back to some times when that's happened for you. Somebody you went to school with in, in uh, uh, elementary school, and then you see them a few years later at something. Uh, well, that's what we're getting to do today. Uh, uh, the Lord brought uh, Keith and Sandy's paths back across ours while we were all still on the mission field. So we were, we, we were serving together uh, in Mexico for a while, and so just really, really blessed. We're grateful to be here. Um, I always look forward to, to opening God's word and getting to teach God's word, but there are times when I just feel like that he's very clearly guided me to a passage, uh, to, to uh, a, a, a topic that he wants us to look at together. And I believe that that's what he's done for this week. So I'm very confident in saying to you that I believe God has something that he wants to uh, say to you this week. And I trust you'll be able to be here uh, because it's all five tied together and so I hope that you're going to be here able to be here as many nights as possible this week because I really believe uh, from about two weeks ago I started preparing months ago uh, and, and thinking through what the Lord would have us to look at but then two a couple of weeks ago in a, in a, in a kind of way that he does uh, regularly throughout my life but uh, where you know the Lord's guiding so I believe that he has something for you and I would hate for you to miss it so we're looking forward to the time together this morning we're going to be in in uh, Luke chapter 18 for one of my favorite short stories in the Gospels. And the only reason I say it's short is because it's only a few verses, all right? And so it's not a long passage in the Gospels, but it's in, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and we're going to be looking at Luke's passage, Luke 18, in just a minute. Now, I would like for you to think, now not just for this morning, but for our, uh, the rest of our time together, uh, but I would like for you to, to call to mind, if you could, uh, those of you who are students, uh, when did you finish classes? Uh, when did high school classes finish around here? How long ago? Uh, homeschooled, okay. So uh, in public school, well, how long ago? Have y'all finished your semester yet? <laughs> good deal, good deal. Okay, so uh, when you think back with classmates, uh, are, there, are there people that you are in class with who aren't right with God? Uh, for the rest of you, uh, if you would think about the people who live uh, in your, on your block that you know, uh, are there any of them who are not right with God? Uh, are, there, are there any family members, and I'm, I'm going to ask you to... to, to, to Tell me in a minute if you can think of someone. But I'm really serious about this. I think we're supposed to bring to mind who is it that I know that's not right with God. I'm going to give you a second. Who is it that I know that's not right with God? 
Okay, can I see your hand if you thought of someone that you know that's not right with God? Okay, so most of us, most of us have been able to think of somebody. Uh, and so with that in mind, we're going we're gonna, to uh, start with uh, uh, Luke chapter 18. Now, now Luke doesn't tell us uh, the guy's name here. Uh, Mark tells us that his name is Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus, that's a pretty long name. Bartimaeus, four syllables. Okay, so guess what name I like to use for Bartimaeus? Bart, of course, okay? Now, in our, in our passage this morning, we're going to find out that Bart can't see, all right? And so guess what I like to call Bart since he can't see? Blind Bart, okay? And now we're going to find out in our passage this morning that uh, when, when blind Bart finds out that Jesus is walking by, he gets all excited and he starts yelling out. So then I call him boisterous blind Bart, and then, and then in our passage, we're going to find out that actually he's yelling for a very good reason. All right. And so uh, he, he's actually brilliant that he's yelling. So you know what I call him now. Brilliant, boisterous, blind, Bart. But that's a little long for the sermon title. So let's just call the sermon, Blind Bart Meets Jesus. Let's stand together as we look at Luke chapter 18. I'm going to begin reading Luke chapter 18. I'm going to start at verse 35 to the end of the chapter. As Jesus was approaching Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the road begging. Now hearing a crowd going by, he began to inquire what, what this was. They told him Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. He called out. Other translations say yelled. He called out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way were sternly telling him to be quiet. But he kept crying out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped commanded that he be brought to him, and when he came near, he questioned him. What do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, I want to regain my sight. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has saved you. Your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and began following him, glorifying God. And when all the people saw it, they gave praise to God. Let's bow for prayer. Father, as we open your word this morning, I want to thank you for each person that's here. And Lord, I really believe that you have a message for each one who's here. So, Father, I'm asking at this moment that everyone in this room who wants to hear from God this morning, would you let them hear? Give us ears to hear, and then let those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Father, would you let our hearts be soft to anything that our Maker wants to say to us? We bow before you in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. 
Well, we're going to look at three things in this passage. It looks to me like the first verse invites us to feel something. So in verse 35, we're going to talk about it, and I think we should feel uh, Blind Bart's desperate need. And then in verses 36 through 41, it looks to me like we're supposed to see something. So I'm going to invite us to see a unique opportunity that Blind Bart has. And then in verses 42 and 43, I think we're supposed to live something, the same thing that Blind Bart lived. And that is live a transformed life. So we're going to start off with what we feel. Look at verse 35. As Jesus was approaching Jericho, uh, let me pause there. Uh, The next chapter, Jesus is going to get to Jerusalem. So we're nearly to the last week, uh, to Passion Week, to Holy Week, uh, the week before Easter. uh, And so that's where we are in Jesus' ministry. So think, mmm, time's nearly up. Think, opportunities are nearly past. Think, I don't have much longer. All right? So that's where we are in Jesus' ministry. Now, as Jesus was approaching Jericho, a blind man. Uh, Have you ever stopped and, and just... Just giving grace, praise to God for your senses. Uh, I have to be honest. Uh, at, at our house, Kay and I have different taste palettes. Hers is discerning and mine is not. She said often that that actually works out really good for the cook of the house to have the more discerning palate. Uh, the, the, the truth is, is everything she cooks, I think, is fantastic. So I love it, all right? So she gets off real easy. Sometimes she doesn't like how it turned out, but I'm really great. I just think it's great, okay, uh, because I don't care that much. But taste... Uh, I enjoy all kinds of things with my taste. Some of you, are, again, are more particular than I am, and so uh, you, you have discerning palates. But anyway, anyway, taste is awesome. Or, or, or uh, if you've been sick a while and you can't, and you can't smell things, then how, how really you'd say, oh, smell is nothing. But actually it throws you off uh, if you can't smell what's going on around you. Uh, or, or, the, or the ability to hear, ah, how we enjoy music, or the sounds of the birds in the spring. Uh, or, maybe most of us would say the, the biggest sensory organ of all is the ability to see with our eyes. Uh, actually, yesterday, Kay and I were at a graduation with Oklahoma Baptist University. It's, it's fun to get back into a university schedule after a few years. Uh, and so, so we were at graduation yesterday. And the closing prayer was by the, I believe he's the chair of the, of the chemistry department, who's blind. Uh, but, but completely respected, just, just an amazing professor that's beloved there on campus. Uh, and so, and so someone, uh, uh, he walks with someone and he gets to the, but, but just an amazing ministry, uh, very, very, very appreciated in life. Uh, that's not Bart. Uh, did you catch that Bart's not a professor? Uh, did you catch that Bart's not uh, a, a, uh, a singer? Uh, did you catch that? Lots of things that people can, who are blind can do. Uh, p- some people who are blind are, are very honored in their, possess- in their profession, right? Uh, not Bart. Did you catch what Bart does? A blind man 
was sitting by the road doing what? Oh. Mm, circumstances are pretty rough for blind Bart, wouldn't you say? And then catch, drop down to verses, uh, uh, drop down to uh, verse uh, 38, 39, and uh, uh, let's see, 38 and 39. Um, he was calling out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Uh, he, he, and, and what does the crowd around him do? Encourage him that Jesus is about to help him? Uh, everybody around him uh, recognizes his need and tries to help him? Uh, the, the people who should be his friends are there on, in his corner? No, no, no. What does society say in the blind bard? Be quiet. We're going to find out he has the one opportunity in his life to be changed. And what are his friends saying? Be quiet. Ooh. Life's pretty rough for blind Bart. He's blind. He's begging. And people are kicking him while he's down. I, I, I don't know about you, but I can feel... A desperate need here. And actually that, that might be someone here today and you say, well I can see, but. And we all know, just like the, just like the professor at OBU, uh, being blind doesn't necessarily set you back a whole bunch. Uh, you say, I can see, but I'm going through something pretty rough right now. Any, anybody in the room? You know, I don't, don't, don't raise your hand. You don't even have to nod. But, but sometimes it's because of a relationship or sometimes it's because of some doctor's visit you don't know that you just found out about. Or it, it can be all kinds of different things. It can be a financial situation. It can be something with children or grandchildren. Uh, but, but, but there's all kinds of things in life where we get into rough situations. And I trust that no one here is like blind Bart. I trust that no one here is getting kicked while they're down. But uh, we do all live on this planet, don't we? And on this planet, uh, what happened to blind Bart sometimes happens, doesn't it? So I want you to feel a desperate need in verse 35. Now let's go to verse 36. Now hearing a crowd coming by, he began to inquire what this was. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. Now his reaction in the next verse, we're going to get to that in a minute. His reaction in the next verse tells me he's heard of Jesus of Nazareth. Because uh, he wouldn't have said what he said in the next verse if he hadn't heard of Jesus of Nazareth. You see, let, let, let's, let's walk through some passages in, in Matthew because, because a little over a year earlier in, in Matthew chapter 9, Jesus had healed two blind men uh, up in the middle of the north side of the Sea of Galilee. Remember Jericho's down by Jerusalem, down on the map, uh, 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 over by, right on the Jordan River. 
But, but up, up north, uh, way up there where, where, uh, where Blind Bart may not have ever been, but uh, up north in the middle of the lake on the north side, uh, in Matthew chapter 9, Jesus had uh, healed two blind men about, about a year ago. And then in Matthew chapter 12, right before the long day, uh, uh, Scripture tells us that uh, on the mountain over on the, on the, let me see for you. So he's up on the north side of the, of the, of the Sea of Galilee, but over on the uh, west side of the Sea of Galilee. On the mountain, when he's uh, given the, the parables of the long day, uh, before he starts the parables, he's healed uh, a man who was demon-possessed and was blind and mute. Huh. That, that was up north. Uh, and then, uh, right before he fed the, the 4,000, Jesus healed uh, a lame, crippled man in Matthew 15. Uh, 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 the text says the crowd marveled as they saw the mute speaking the crippled restored the lame walking and the blind seeing don't you think that's the way blind Bart heard it uh, everybody else might have gotten excited about the cripple restored but I don't think that's what blind Bart heard uh, uh, some of the people got excited about the lame walking but I don't think that's what Blind Bart heard. Blind Bart heard that the crowd said the blind were seeing. And then in Mark chapter 8, we're told up at the northeast corner of the Sea of Galilee uh, that, that there had been a blind man that, that Jesus uh, touched his eyes the first time and he didn't see. Isn't that kind of funny? <laughs> Wouldn't that make you nervous? I'm with the man who heals the blind and he touched my eyes and I didn't see. But don't worry, he touched him a second time and then he saw. Okay. Whew. Blind, uh, blind Bart's relieved when he heard that story. Because when they said he touched his eyes the first time and he didn't see, he went, oh no. But, but Jesus touched his eyes a second time and then he could see. Now, those were all up north. There's been a few months since all those happened. But John chapter 9 was just a few months ago. And it was just up the, up the road in Jerusalem. And just up the road in Jerusalem, there had been a blind man. And Jesus said to the blind man, I'm the light of the world. And, and he healed the blind man. That wasn't way up north. That was right here close. I think some of you, either in Scripture, you, you've, you've heard what Jesus can do. Or else, or else you've been told by the people in this room about the faithfulness of God. And, and, and you've heard rumors. No, actually, they're not rumors. They're the testimonies of the eyewitnesses that Jesus has worked and taken care of the same thing you're facing. And you've heard the stories. 
And so he cries out in verse 38. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now the other gospels have said that people have called Jesus son of David, but not Luke. Uh, you remember back in, in Luke chapter 1 that the angel had told uh, Mary before uh, uh, Jesus was born that he was going to be the son of David who would reign forever. But that was an angel. So, so this is the first person that Luke's told us about. I, I mean, it's happened because the other gospels have it. But Luke's meaning to highlight something here. Luke's calling our attention to something here. This guy's figuring out who Jesus was better than most people around him. Most people around him are just, he's, he's this guy named Jesus from up in Nazareth. That's what the crowd's saying. I mean, I mean, nearly everybody in the county around here knows about Jesus. Blind Bart's been thinking about what he heard. Blind Bart's been paying attention to what the eyewitnesses said. By the way, that's what you have in your hands, is you have the, the record of the eyewitnesses. You don't need to question Scripture. Talk to us about it. Your, your Bible's trustworthy. And your Bible says that he spoke and the sea got calm. And your Bible says, some, sometimes it took two touches, but, but the Bible says he touched the blind and they could see. The Bible says he interrupted every funeral he ever was at by raising the dead. And Blind Bart's been thinking about it. And you've been thinking about what you've heard about Jesus. What you've heard about Jesus says he's God the Son. He's the promised Messiah, the descendant of David who's going to reign forever and ever. And that's what Blind Bart calls out, Son of David. Now he's been thinking well about who Jesus is because Jesus is holy. Son of David, you owe me something. Ooh. If you think God owes you something, you had not been thinking long enough. You need to think a little more. You need to get to where Blind Bart is. What does Blind Bart ask for from Jesus? Mercy. Mercy. Why? Because I know myself. Keith can say nice things about me if he, if he has to. <laughs> but I know, Elbert. And I know I can't go in front of a holy God. Anybody here think you're okay in front of a holy God? You haven't thought about it long enough. Think some more. So what does Blind Bard ask for from a holy God? He says, have mercy on me. But then I want you to see what happens. Because the crowd starts yelling at him to be quiet, right? And why doesn't he give in to the peer pressure? Now see, he doesn't know that, that, that the next chapter in Luke's gospel was going to be the triumphal entry. He doesn't know what we know that it's nearly the end of Jesus' healing ministry. 
We want to shout to him, blind bar, don't give up. Because there's not going to be many more weeks when he's going to be healing the blind. Blind bar, don't give up. Oh, but don't worry. He's been around a while. And he knows there's nobody else who can heal blind people. There's nobody else who can take care of what you have. That friend of yours that you thought of, that neighbor, government's not going to be able to take care of separation from God. This is a marvelous church. This church isn't going to be able to take care of separation from God. Some of you come from wonderful families. Wonderful families can't take care of separation from God. You know, the only person who can take care of separation from God, it's the one who died on the cross to pay for their sins. And blind Bart, he's brilliant because he sees an opportunity. If I let this moment pass, I don't have a chance. And we're going to talk more about that Monday night. So, so again, stay with us all five times. But here's what I want you to hear from Blind Bart. Is there's a unique opportunity to get right with God. And it's when the Holy Spirit of God draws you to open your eyes and see what happened on the cross. And when, 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 when and, and, and he draws all men to himself. But please hear, but please hear. It's not a small thing that you feel inside of you, I need to be saved. It's not a small thing for you to see that Jesus can meet my deepest need. Blind Bart sees this is a unique opportunity that nobody else in town is offering. And I will not be deterred. We used to sing a whole, an old song. It said, Savior, Savior, while on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. See, that's crying out for God's mercy. Realizing that the one who paid for your sins on the cross is the only one who can make you right with God. So Brian... Blind Bart's in a desperate situation, but Blind Bart sees a unique opportunity. We'll, we'll spend more time talking about this later, but Luke chapter 5 talks about four friends who brought, who, who brought their uh, uh, a lame friend, uh, a friend who couldn't walk, brought him to Jesus. And, and it was too crowded to get in. There, there, there were people in the way. And, and you don't want to be rude. I mean, I mean they're, they're there to hear Jesus too. And, and the house is full. and So they can't get in. So they just give up, right? No! Some of you know the story. They climbed the ladder outside to the, to the, uh, to the uh, balcony on top of the house. And they start pulling off the tiles. And they make a hole in the roof. And they let their friend down in front of Jesus. And Jesus, Jesus... Uh, Saves him and then heals him. You see, they, weren't, they didn't give up. Ooh, 
Ooh. That, that person that you thought of earlier, that person who needs Jesus, we're going to talk more about that. But can I encourage you not to give up? Can I encourage you that in the Bible you don't just say, well, there's a crowd in the way. Oh, the crowd's not in favor of what I'm saying, so I'm going to get quiet. That's not what you do in the Bible. You care too much for that grandchild to stop talking about Jesus. You care too much for that child to give up on them. You care too much for that friend at school. And you're going to do like blind Bart. You're not going to get deterred. You're going to be like those four friends and you're just going to keep going. Because this is the only opportunity they have right. They have to get right for eternity. And so blind Bart sees a unique opportunity. And then let's, let's look at verses 42 and 43. Jesus said to him, receive uh, my, I'm reading from the New American Standard and it has the marginal reading, says literally regain your sight. Your faith, and, and my New American Standard says has made you well, but it has a marginal reading that says it agrees with the King James, which is, has it more correct this time. And that is saved. Because that, that word, that sozo word is used 120 times in the New Testament and 90 of the times it means salvation. Uh, it's the same word that's from John 3.16. For God so loved the world that whosoever believes shall. But it's the saved word. It's the Acts 2 word. Where, where believe and you will be saved. So, so I, I'm pretty sure that, that he first got saved and then he got healed. Now why do I know that? Because it says he started following Jesus. And he started giving glory to God. Now, now please hear uh, uh, many, many, many people who come and, and pray with Pastor Keith in an, in an invitation or, or in a home and they pray with Pastor Keith and they, and they, they repeat, uh, repeat a sinner's prayer. Many of them are saved. But, but, but it's not, we don't know that you're saved because you repeat, repeated some words. You know how we know that you're saved? It's because your life has changed. In, in the New Testament, uh, James 2 is real clear about this. You, 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 can, you can say you have faith, but, but, but the devil talks about faith. So, so, so that's, that, that, that's not it. What does blind Bart do? He starts following Jesus. You see, that's, that's the invitation that, the, that Jesus gave most often when people became his disciples, was follow me. Or, or they started living to give glory to God. Now, now, the reason I'm saying this is some of you, that person that you're concerned about, uh, that, that grandchild or that, that child, uh, they prayed a prayer once, but there's been no change in their life whatsoever. Uh, Kay and I have a family member like that. And uh, I'm sorry, there's too much too much involved here for us to just say, oh, well, it doesn't matter. Well, we think they got saved. No, no, it's heaven and hell. It's, it's being right with God. So I want you to see that, that actually I think the King James got it better than my New American Standard Version this time uh, because it says your faith has saved you. 
I think, I think is the right translation. Now, he also got healed of his blindness. God can take care of the other stuff too, but, but please recognize the biggest need is not the other stuff. The biggest need is to be right with God so that God walks with you through life. And that's what happened here. And then when he started following God and, and glorifying God, then everybody else around him could see it. And they started giving glory to God. I want you to feel a desperate need. I want you to see a unique opportunity. The only way he could get healed was Jesus. The only way your friend can be made, can be made right with God is Jesus. Or, or some of you, when you thought of who wasn't right with God, you didn't think of a child, you thought of yourself. And maybe, maybe you're a member of this church, some other church, but, but, but you know you're not really following Jesus and never have. And, and, and actually there's been no change in your life. Then if that's the case, then, then you're the one who has an opportunity this morning to trust Jesus Christ, to repent of your sins, to be saved.